Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Welcome back to the LTI podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and a certified medical laser safety officer and I've been doing light therapies for years and years and years now going Mm -hmm. on um, close to a decade getting close to a decade now close to 10 yeah and I'm joined by Christy and Christy is a certified laser tech and she has done thousands of treatments over the years also Christy Mm -hmm. is also in charge of creating our educational content for laser therapy Institute which is a organization a membership organization of laser therapy providers uh, across the nation. And our goal is to provide accurate and usable educational resources for those who want to deliver laser therapy to their patients. Or, as we now know, our official name really is uh, photobiomodulation. Yes. Can't say that five times fast. It's not nearly as catchy. No. So we're still saying laser therapy. Actually, we're going to talk a little bit about why we are Laser Therapy Institute, not Photobiomodulation Institute. And we're going to talk about uh, laser selection a little bit here, mm-hmm. but the big topic, if you looked at the description, you already know our big topic today is shoulders, shoulder mm-hmm. pain, um, and specifically impingement, shoulder impingement. So we're going to go ahead and dig into that. This is all research-based. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've joined us for any amount of time here on the LTI podcast, we're talking about healthcare providers and how to leverage uh, research-based information into your practice so that your patients can get better and faster results uh, through laser and light therapies. Well, you go through all the research for us and share it, and then it gives, it just benefits everybody else. That's the goal. That's mm-hmm. exactly the goal. There are hundreds of studies mm-hmm. that are coming out every year now on photobiomodulation, which mm-hmm. is incredibly exciting, but also incredibly demanding to keep up with. And if you are a clinician, then one of the last things you have time for is reading 18 research papers right. a week, which right. we're, we're about to there on mm-hmm. our average number of papers that are coming out, which is hugely exciting. That's amazing. So we're going to talk about a new one today, actually. So this is it is a year old now. It's been sitting uh, on my desk for a while, and it's, again, another one I've wanted to get to. Uh, but still, very new research, very exciting research. The title of this study today that we're looking at, title is The Effectiveness of High-Intensity Laser Therapy on Pain, Range of Motion, Functional Capacity, Quality of Life, and Muscle Strength in Subacromial Impingement Syndrome, a three-month follow-up, double-blinded, randomized, placebo-controlled trial. Wow. It's a long title, but a very descriptive title. Yes. Um, And uh, this was published in Lasers and Medical Science back in January of 21. So we're right at about a year year. since it Mm -hmm. was published here. Um, And this is a pretty neat study for several reasons. Just right off the title there, we're looking at high-intensity laser therapy, which Mm -hmm. is where we're talking about class 4 lasers. Right. We're talking about a three-month follow-up, which is actually pretty darn good in these studies. A lot of times we don't get that more longer-term follow-up. Right. We also have it uh, a placebo-controlled trial, which is nice to know. Uh, the placebo effect has been blamed for a lot of the positive research that's come out on photobiomodulation. And so if we have a good placebo control with double blinding, where the therapist and the patients don't know if they're getting the sham or real therapy, um, those two factors should really eliminate a lot of the placebo effect and show us if laser really is effective or not. Wow. 
Sounds like it, it's going to be great, great information and a great study. Yeah, yeah, I was really, I was really happy with the way this one uh, was put together. Um, and so we'll dive into the results on it here, but let's kind of set this up first. Let's sure. talk about shoulder impingement syndrome. So, uh, subacromial impingement syndrome is the most common reason for shoulder pain. It's been diagnosed in 44 to 60% of the people who consulted a physician due to shoulder pain. Hmm. So odds are, if a patient comes into your clinic complaining of shoulder pain, it's probably this subacromial impingement syndrome. Hmm. Interesting. A uh, description of that, is a more accurate description, or you know, kind of what you're looking at with a true definition of shoulder impingement syndrome. So they say it occurs as a result of the impingement of the soft tissue supraspinatus tendon and subacromial bursa between the humeral head and coracoacromial arch. So right out there, mm-hmm. that the AC joint, that hard spot on the top of your shoulder, mm-hmm. between there and the actual kind of ball and socket portion of your shoulder, that's the gap we're talking about that gets impinged. And so you've got the, the muscle tendon itself, and that's the sub the uh, supraspinatus. That's the muscle that brings your arm out to the side. Okay. Abduction. Mm-hmm. And then you also have a cushioning bursa in there, mm-hmm. in this really narrow space. And so if either one of those gets inflamed, gets irritated, swells up for whatever reason, injury, overuse, um, repetitive motions especially, mm-hmm. overhead work, things like that, it enlarges those tissues and because there's a limited amount of space now you're starting to pinch in between the bone and Mm. so that's where it then promotes an ongoing problem and very painful and very painful yeah and it limits people's mobility for sure Mm. and that's why people will go to the doctor for this one right now 50 percent of those patients will recover in the first six months or so Mm -hmm. but 50 percent a full half of these impingement patients will go on to have chronic shoulder pain Mm. So okay. if you're seeing a shoulder pain patient, somebody comes in, they're complaining about pain in their shoulder, odds are it's a subacromial impingement, and odds are that it's it's pretty likely they could have chronic, unending pain. So this mm-hmm. is a significant situation that you want to try and handle, you know, hopefully as quickly as possible. Maybe don't wait six months to see if it gets better on its own. Maybe go ahead and jump in, knowing that half of these cases go to being chronic pain. Jump in right away and see what you can do to help these patients with a, some type of intervention and avoid surgery of all costs and avoid surgery yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean because so. there's always downtime with surgery there's right. always risks with surgeries right um and uh in a lot of cases there's not really good outcomes uh, surgically for impingement syndrome hmm. uh, and really the very best thing people can do is conservative care physical therapy especially uh mm-hmm. or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen okay so if you've got a shoulder pain patient in front of you, you're evaluating them, you do suspect impingement syndrome, they've already had it for several months, uh, the first thing that you wanna do is you wanna make sure that the treatment you're gonna deliver has results that happen quickly mm-hmm. and results that will last. Right. That's gonna be kind of our theme today, looking at how do we get results now that will be lasting effect, You know, have that lasting effect that we want. Okay. So standard care, like I said, physical therapy, um, exercises, stretching, things like that, modalities, as well as potentially NSAIDs and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. However, are NSAIDs safe? Mm, debatable. Debatable, <laughs> right? We, we know that uh, you know using them for a short period of time is probably safe for a lot of people. We do know using them for an extended period of time can be very dangerous. There yes. are a lot of very negative side effects. We know that over 100,000 people die each year from 
NSAIDs. And typically that's chronic overuse, mm -hmm. but still something to be aware of. And if these patients uh, have in, are in that chronic category, they may have already been using NSAIDs mm -hmm. for months. Mm -hmm. and, and so getting them to a point where they can be off those NSAIDs is often a treatment goal for the patient and really should be a treatment goal for the clinician as well. Well, because the NSAIDs are just a temporary resolution. It's not a lasting resolution. Well, right, yeah. Because, so. you know, they might decrease the inflammation and pain and, and maybe minimize some of that, that impingement. But if the for person... For a while. Yeah, for a while. Mm -hmm. If the person keeps doing the same things that created it, though, you know, or they have some kind of dysfunctional motion there where it continues to get impinged, then the problem's going to recur. It's going to be right. back over and over again. Mm -hmm. So this study wanted to look at, you know, does laser help the results of, of treatment both in the present and then in the longer term on that three-month follow-up. So if this is your first time here with us on the podcast or you're just now hearing really about laser therapy, we're not talking about laser surgery, right? Yeah. We're talking about non-invasive light in the red and infrared spectrums that can have an effect on the tissues. According to this paper, they say that with laser therapy, there is an increase in mitochondrial oxidative reaction and adenosine triphosphate formation with DNA and RNA production enhancement. Um, pain releasing effect of laser therapy is stimulated by reducing the transmission of painful stimuli, so reducing the nerve conductivity mm -hmm. for pain, and increased morphine mimetic factors. Also, it has been shown to rapidly, uh, excuse me, rapidly induce the photochemical and photothermal effects with increasing blood flow, increased cell metabolism, and increased vascular permeability. I apologize for stumbling a little bit there. This is a, a, a translation, again, of a Turkish study, and um, I got a little bit tied up on some of the verbiage there. But essentially, we're looking to enhance the cellular repair factors mm -hmm. by using light. Right. Now, in the title, we did talk about high-intensity laser therapy. Mm -hmm. So there are different kinds of lasers, mm -hmm. and you know this very well, I know, but a lot of people don't. So right. there's different classes of laser. There's class one, two, three, four, um, and there's nothing above class four. Class four is anything above a half a watt. Mm -hmm. uh, class three B and class three R, those are lower power classes um, that have much less risk of damage to the eye. And that's essentially where these laser classes come from. Um, you know, if you're a class four, there is potentially risk to the eye. Mm -hmm. And so you want to make sure you wear protective goggles, right. which are really easy to come by. Mm -hmm. If they're class three, there is uh, class three B still is a small risk to the eye, but you can be a lot less careful with it because the power is just so low. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, one of the questions that I will get is when people are asking me, what laser do I get? Sometimes they're even torn between a class one or class two, extremely low power where it's, it's mm -hmm. barely even on. We're talking like laser pointer level. Yeah, yeah. Should I get this class two device, this class one device, or should I get this class four? They're not even in the same same range. No. So uh, there's a line from this paper that I thought I'd bring out to just point out. If you're looking at a clinical laser therapy device, uh, a clinical photobiomodulation device, you should be looking at one that is a class four high intensity unit. Right. Really, not to say that the class three devices don't work or LED devices don't work. That's not at all it. But listen to this. They say that high intensity laser therapy frequently as frequently used in, in PT offices, provides a more intense energy transfer and can affect a wider and deeper area in tissues compared to commonly used low intensity laser therapy. And a lot of the class three devices, you're looking at something that puts out uh, you know, laser in a very small spot, a mm -hmm. lot of times about the end of this pen. And so right. if you think about putting this pen 
um, you know, and exposing this much of the tissue to laser, that can be helpful for that tissue, or if you get it on a joint, maybe for that joint. But if you want to cover maybe the joint, the tendon, you want to cover other affected tissues, you're going to have to cover a larger area. And that's where your high-intensity lasers come in. Well, and it's going to take a long time, a longer time to just do that small area. And that is exactly why. So. That's that right there. That time factor is exactly mm -hmm. why I'm saying if you're in practice and you're looking at a laser, you want to get a class 4 device mm -hmm. because you don't want to spend two hours treating somebody's knee. I've been there. I've used <laughs> class three devices, which can have some excellent results, but mm -hmm. we used to take 45 minutes to treat somebody's knee. Uh, and, and that's fine. They had good results, but whew, we can do it in about a minute and a half now. That's a lot of time for the, the practitioner, and that's a lot of time for the patient. Yes. So Yes. I mean. And that's the thing. Even though we were seeing good results when we were using class three uh, lasers and LED pads, um, very high quality devices. Mm -hmm. uh, people got good results, but eventually they're like, I, I'm just kind of tired of coming in. It's been in two hours sitting here yeah. waiting for this to be done so that I can get both my knees treated. And when right. you change over to the, the, the higher intensity, the class four lasers, that becomes a lot faster process mm -hmm. to the point where we can get it done in about three minutes for mm -hmm. both knees and then people can be on their way. Right. So worth looking at that. Definitely. And, and, and if you're talking about like home use, you know, or you want to uh, just have something, you know, at home for the family, LED pads and class three lasers are probably going to be a good choice. You've got time, but you don't have time when you're in practice to sit there treating somebody for two hours. No. Well, the patient doesn't have that time to be out either. And they so. don't want to be. And they out, don't want to be. Right. So. Yeah. It's just reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so. it's realities and practice, mm -hmm. right? And that goes really for anything that you do, whether it's, right. you know, maybe ultra therapeutic ultrasound um, or your, you know, maybe uh, joint manipulation. I mean, time is a factor here that you have to watch when you're in practice. Mm -hmm. So, okay. I've said enough about that. But if you want to know more about selecting a laser, please hit us up. Uh, lasertherapyinstitute.org. We actually have free tools on how to select the right laser mm -hmm. for you and your practice. And if you want to just email us directly to ask what's going to work well for you, we'll be happy to chat with you about the right type of device, what you should be looking for, and different right. factors to consider. We don't sell lasers. Mm -hmm. We don't have any skin in the game here. So we'll be happy to give you some guidance on what we know um, through doing this for years and years and years. Right. Email is info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. Okay, let's push on, though, into the study, because sure. we're here to talk about shoulder impingement, yes, but yes. just a little little side note there so people can hear a little bit about what we think about different types of laser. Um, but this particular study, like we said at the top, is a double-blinded study. That means the patient and the, tr the person treating don't know if the laser is actually on or if it's a sham, if it is a fake laser, a placebo, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Um, that's essential if you're going to have good research, mm -hmm. and it's very easy with laser. Uh, in, in the case of infrared light, you can't see it anyway. So right. it's very difficult to know if that laser is on or not. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes for a, a pretty easy placebo uh, controlled trial if you set it up correctly. So they took 63 patients, broke them down into two different groups. One group got exercises and high intensity laser. Mm -hmm. The other group got the exact same exercises and the same laser treatment but they switched the laser off. Right. So exact same process for both. Okay. Um, just one group that had the laser actually turned on. Okay. These patients all had a, a diagnosis of subacromial impingement syndrome, and they had had pain for at least six weeks. Okay. Okay. Um, they did exclude people with acute trauma, with a surgical history, 
um, excessive calcification, a full thickness rotator cuff tear. You know, mm -hmm. th those are things that really don't fit in that subacromial impingement syndrome um, that they wanted to look at here. So pretty good selection, I think. Now, when you set up two groups, you want to randomize them mm -hmm. uh, so that it's, it's random who gets into which group and you try and have them pretty even groups, right? So that way you have a legitimate comparison. Well, in this case, random, the randomization process actually made one group a little bit uh, healthier than the other group as far as their, their pain levels, their quality of life scores. Hmm. And so it ended up that the group getting the sham or the placebo laser were actually already in better shape. So they're kind of starting ahead okay. of the group that actually got the laser. So that was intentional. No. Oh, it no, wasn't. it just ended up once they it just looked ended at it up after that way. the randomization. Okay. Yeah. Now normally you kind of re-randomize. Yeah. Um, but yeah. in this case, probably because of the way they constructed the study, they weren't able to re-randomize, so they just left it. Okay. Um, it's not a huge difference, but the the folks that were on the placebo laser already had a little bit of a head start. Interesting. So keep that in mind as we okay. go. Okay. Interesting. So they they treated these patients five times a week, mm -hmm. five days a week, so Monday through Friday for three weeks straight. They evaluated the patients before and right at the end of those three weeks, and then they came back and evaluated them again after a total of 12 weeks had passed. Okay. Um, they measured pain levels, range of motion, functional scores, quality of life scores, and isokinetic strength. So they really covered all the bases here for a, an impingement syndrome patient. The exercises they used were very, very standard when it comes to like a physical therapy type practice. They did Codman's pendulum exercises, active and passive range of motion exercises. They had stretching and they had isometric strengthening exercises. And, and again, every patient had the same thing done with them um, 30 minutes a day, okay. five days a week, three weeks, whether they were getting real laser or sham laser, right? Okay. So that's pretty standard. Yeah, pretty thorough. Yeah, pretty thorough. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's what I think you'll usually see with, or you should probably usually mm -hmm. see in a physical therapy uh, setting for mm -hmm. shoulder pain. So that makes sense to me. And in the group that was getting the active laser, well, and the sham laser, they use the same device, of course, but in the sham laser group that was just turned off. But this is goes back to actually the uh, same device that we talked about in the Healing at the Speed of Light podcast last week. So this, mm -hmm. is, this is an Italian-made device. It's not available in the United States, at least not at this point. It uses a 1,064 nanometer beam. Okay. It uses a very, very high peak power, 3,000 watts. Oh, my goodness. Yes, 3,000 watts. <laughs> but it's also pulsed. It's pulsed at 40 hertz. Okay. So then we have to say, okay, well, what is the average power? Mm -hmm. Because uh, you, well, you tell me, do I like to talk about peak power or do I like to talk about average power? Always average. Always average. Always average. Because your average power is what really counts. It doesn't matter if it can put out tiny little bursts of three thousand watts. What can it's it put out average. on average? Mm -hmm. That's gonna what. That's gonna be. You know, you, you have a lot of lasers out there. Some lasers out there that really push this super pulsed, really extremely high power. Um, but the average power, it turns out, it's like barely transmitting any energy. Mm. So um, in this case, this particular device transmits about 10.5 watts average. Okay. Okay. That, that's a very yeah. standard kind mm -hmm. of high intensity laser uh, mm -hmm. power level. You know, so very, very high peak powers, but really average power, pretty standard. Yeah. 10 and a half watts. They delivered 2,781 joules in each treatment session. They broke this down into, into three different phases with sub-phases, and they treated along the joint, they, the whole joint line, front and back. They treated on the actual AC and in that gap where mm -hmm. we're talking about impingement. Mm -hmm. They had this kind of complex manner they went about it. 
and it took him about 25 minutes. Per treatment? Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty lengthy. It is. You know, we can usually deliver that many joules um, with a with most units in about three minutes or mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes even less. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes even less. Some of our LTI settings will deliver about 3,000 joules in about a minute and 15 seconds, depending on the laser therapy unit we're using. Right. Right. So, uh, but in this case, they really kind of shook things up. They did some higher intensity areas. They did some really low intensity uh, protocols here too. Um, but again, treated five days a week mm-hmm. for three weeks. Now, was it this? Might I don't want to throw you, but did Go they ahead. do any sort of dynamic movement? No. While they were lasering, or did they sing still? Uh, no, they did not. They okay. did do some some holds. Uh-huh. which you're familiar with mm-hmm. and they did do some sweeping motions um, and I'm, I won't I, I don't quite understand the way they they've put it so I'm not going to try and give you more information than that but they broke it up into different phases of uh, fast sweeps slow sweeps and holds which okay. all of which can have their place if right. you, if you know what you're doing right but again they did this the same way on every Everyone. patient so right. it's not like they were using these different methods to change it per the patient. Right, you know, which you don't, wouldn't want to do in a study anyway. No, but but no. different methods of of uh, application can mm-hmm. make a big difference for people, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. something that we teach in our LTI programs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Curiosity. So, <laughs> no, that's good. It's a good question. Yeah, uh, you'd think maybe with an impingement they might want to start moving, getting some range of motion going during laser. They right. didn't in this study. Maybe okay. that's something they do when it's not you know in a study this particular. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, now the the sham group. Same exact thing, same pattern, same mm-hmm. everything. They just put the laser in a basically a placebo mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's invisible light, so you can't tell. It could be beeping. You don't yep. know whether it's on or, or not. Right. You know. Right. So. And both the therapist and the patient were blinded to that. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think really pretty pretty solid setup. Now there were no side effects observed. Uh, for anybody, whether mm-hmm. they were during the exercises or during the sham laser or during the actual laser. No side effects at all, no negative effects, and none noted even at the, the 12-week follow-up there, which is great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's get into the results because that's what most people came here to yeah. listen to anyway. Well, I'm anxious. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, again, there was that difference between groups. So remember that uh, the sham laser group was kind of starting off with a head start, mm-hmm. but it turns out that while both treatment groups had significant recovery in all the parameters, uh, the actual laser group had a more significant recovery in most of the measured uh, evaluation uh, markers there. So the uh, the real telltale here is actually looking at some of these charts, and you can just about go blind looking at some of this, but mm-hmm. essentially out of the 26 markers that they looked at to measure success in the group that got sham laser, mm-hmm. no fake laser, they mm-hmm. had the exercises, but just sham laser, they had 20 out of 26 of these scores improved at week three. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, they so 20 out of 26 markers improved when they were done with treatment. At the 12 week follow up, they only had maintained about 14 of those 26 markers. So wow. they started off, they're pretty so good they, at the three week mark. But then they decreased and it, it came back down. It wasn't lasting. Yes. It didn't maintain. It didn't maintain at that level. You know, they wow. did still have some some good improvement. Yeah. Um, you know, about half of uh, about half of the markers that these folks looked at did stay improved at the twelve week mark, but definitely not as good as it was at the three week mark. Wow. wow. For the laser therapy group, 
at the three-week mark, they had 25 of the 26 markers showed good improvement, statistically wow. significant improvement. And at the 12-week mark, every single marker, 26 out of 26 markers, showed improvement. All of them. You know, I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to hear. I mean, that's that's remarkable. It, it is. really is remarkable. But it shows the benefits of of light therapy mm-hmm. of photobiomodulation right so and this goes back to our theme mm-hmm. that i would try, try to mention at the beginning there you know you want results now yeah we want to see people mm-hmm. better now but we you want, want to see it, see it last. last yep yeah and that's exactly what these guys are showing here yes exercises are great we know it's established mm-hmm. at this point that exercises are a really necessary part of taking care of people's shoulders right and it can be very successful but you can have better success and more sustained success mm-hmm by adding in laser therapy that's what i think makes this very very clear and again fairly high dose fairly high power um Mm -hmm. it's nice to come back and see that not only did they maintain but they even continued to improve if they had real laser therapy versus the folks that just had the exercise that's that's amazing but yay laser (laughs) yay laser that's right this is if this doesn't make you uh get excited as a clinician then um you might want to find a new job field because this is great you know we're taking uh you know therapies that we know work exercise Mm -hmm. uh, and by adding laser therapy to it you can have better results in the immediate term and lasting results that continue to improve and that i think comes back to the cellular effects of laser and sometimes faster and sometimes faster. not always yeah. i'm not going to say that but yeah. often it it's a, a quicker recovery a quicker healing right if you with the added light therapy yeah so. yeah absolutely it should be it should mm-hmm. be um so that's what you should do if you're if you're thinking about adding in laser therapy and you treat any level of shoulder patients you, you really should consider it i think that's what this is saying because for most shoulder pain patients even chronic pain patients you're going to get better results by adding in laser therapy mm-hmm. to your exercise plan, and you're going to have better lasting results. And that is really what we're all here for, right? Yep. We are all we got into medicine or healthcare of some kind to make a difference in our patients' lives, mm-hmm. and this accelerates that difference you can make in your patients' lives. Yep. Great. Fantastic. Okay. Great study. I, I really liked it. I've got yep. a few more uh, in the hopper. Uh, that we're working up right now. Lots nice. of exciting research that's coming out. Uh, we're going to keep doing this. So every two weeks, we'll be talking uh, to providers, mm-hmm. uh, specifically healthcare providers, about how to take this new research, leverage this information into your practice, help you do what you need to do for your patients. We can help you select lasers. We can help you with the protocols, the techniques. We can help you train your techs so it doesn't take up your entire month trying to train a good tech. And it's not just the therapy it's knowing how to do it right and yeah. with the right protocol protocols in the right settings that's exactly right yeah so. if you don't we've seen this over and over again too mm-hmm. both in the research and in practice if you don't know what you're doing or if you're not doing it correctly if you don't have the right laser therapy unit for what you're trying to do your success mm-hmm. rates are really poor and then you've just wasted money on something that doesn't actually help your patients and nobody's happy with that right so let us make you and your patients mm-hmm. happy get a hold of us lasertherapyinstitute.org be happy to get in tune with whatever your needs might be mm-hmm. so until uh, until next time until next time subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy check out our patient focused podcast healing at the speed of light a great resource for your patients for massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes become a certified laser therapy institute clinic 
Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.